you're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, you can go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you are like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. Hello, hello, hello. Wow, this has been a a very like shotastic weekend with news. We had the Harry and Meghan interview, um, which I have a lot of thoughts about. I just I, I just saw it this morning. Um, a brief Vanderpump Rules update. Um, and then also Jen Shaw has like gone total kookamagoo crazy on the Instagram. And, or there was a video that leaked on Twitter that's penetrating the Instagram right now. And it's where she is basically going off on her staff. Now, before we get into Jen Shaw, before we get into Vanderpump Rules, I do want to talk about the Harry and Meghan stuff and the Bethany of it all, because Bethany's gotten a lot of heat. She's gotten a lot of backlash. People are not happy with Miss Bethany Frankel. And like, I get it, but I'm also, I have mixed feelings after watching the interview. Um, but before I do that, I do want to give a quick shout out. Um, like I said, if you leave me a review on the show, you may just get a shout out on the show. Okay, so uh, there is a new review that I want to shout out today. The title is Over Her Over Heather McDonald, and this was by No Filter with Zach Now. Thank you. Um, after being a longtime fan of other Celebrity Scoop podcasts, Zach is my new fave. He is so articulate, authentic, and easy to listen to. He commands interviews without talking over his guests. He re- His recaps are always positive, even when discussing sensitive topics. Oof. Okay. Well, get ready. We have, a, I'm gonna have lots of feelings uh, today. Um, he does an immense amount of research, and his delivery reflects this. I love his confidence. It's so refreshing. Juicy Scoop was my old go-to, but I'm so sick of Heather McDonald dropping names over and over from 25 years ago, and that she was, and that she went to SC. Blah blah blah. No one cares. Oh well, I kind of care. I like Heather. Uh, we want celebrity news. I love his podcast, and I adore his professional and charismatic personality. Well. No filter with Zach now. Thank you for that very sweet five-star comment. I love five-star comments, and I love to shout them out on this show. I actually really like Heather McDonald. I've never been on the sh- her show. I think I've invited her on my show a couple of times. Um, never heard back. But it's funny. I actually, Heather and I, back when I was doing stand-up, did a comedy show together. It was a benefit comedy show at the Laugh Factory for Jen McCarthy's foundation. That was like, oof, maybe like 10 years ago at this point. But um yeah, thank you for listening and subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will definitely be sure to not name drop as much as Heather, though. That way I don't lose your love and validation because I love it. Okay, so let's get into the Meghan Markle, Harry, Oprah interview. So now I will say I pissed off a few people. Shocker, right? I pissed off a few people on Instagram and on Facebook because I posted Bethany tweeted out and she basically said that like she doesn't feel bad for Meghan Markle. I'll read you her actual tweet because I feel like that at at this point like that would just make life easier, right? Um, Okay, so she basically said like cry me a river. I don't feel bad for them. You can't be smart and stupid. Cry me a river. The plight of the plight of being a game show host, fairly unknown actress to suffering in a palace with tiaras and seven figure weddings for two whole years to being a household name with Oprah on speed dial, fetching seven million for interviews, hundreds of millions in media deals. 
And she basically just has no sympathy. She said, I chose reality TV to work towards making money, to be scrutinized and criticized. I took the trappings and the beatings along with it. It's a rose with petals and thorns. People begged to enter the often toxic institution I signed up for. That was the life I chose. You can't play stupid and smart. And see, now this is where I will say... Originally, I agreed with Bethany. And and to be fair, this was before I saw the interview. And I know I posted on Instagram and on Facebook that I actually was going with the unpopular opinion to side with Bethany in this case and say like, yeah, you can't play smart and stupid at the same time. However, I will clarify, I did not watch the interview at the, at the time. I didn't know what the content of the interview was going to be. All I knew is that Harry and Meghan were doing a tell-all with Oprah. I heard about them getting offers for $7 million deals, which we now know they didn't keep. They ended up donating it. Um, but I have to say, there is an element of truth in what Bethany said. Like when I was watching the interview and I took a lot of notes watching the interview and here's what I, and what I will say, if you haven't listened to the interview yet, you may want to kind of breeze over this. And I recommend you actually listen to it, watch it with an open heart, watch it with an open mind and kind of be willing to be persuaded either way. Once you have all the details now, yes, this was, i in, at the start of the interview, you have Meghan Markle and you have Oprah and they're talking about how Oprah's like, how did you not know what you were signing up for? And she's like, you know, I was naive. She kept playing the naive card of like, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know what I was signing up for. I didn't Google him, which first of all, girl, that's like the first thing you're supposed to do. You go on his Instagram, you find out wh- where his mom went to high school. You find out who his mom's friends are so that you can stalk them on Facebook so that you can see photos of him when he was a baby. Like you do the whole gamut. Anyway, she's claiming naivete. She didn't know anything. She didn't know any better. She was kind of innocent. Um, That's where I'm a little, I don't know if I'd fully believe that she was just totally naive because I think of it like this. Like if I'm going to be dating, you know, the president's son, obviously even without having to research who the president is or what his policies are or whatever, you know, all of that stu- stuff aside, you know that that's not an easy job. You know you're going to be scrutinized in the press. You know that you're going to have a high level access of fame that for me, I'm just like, I don't have, like, I get it. You're naive. You don't know until you're fully in it. But at the same time, like you chose this life. You chose to marry this man. You got a taste of his life when you were dating him. Like this is what you were signing up for, whether you knew what you were signing, whether you knew the extent or the reality of it. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. But you can't just be totally, I was naive. I didn't know anything about him. I'd I'd never met the queen before, which I, I can understand that. But you can't. Again, I compare it to if you're going to be marrying into the first family, if your parents are campaigning to be president, like you you think here in the U.S., you know, obviously different levels. Um, it's a little more strict when you're in the royal family, but still there's a high. I don't think I would want to be married to the president's. I wouldn't want to be married for married into the first family. I wouldn't want to do that because of the pressure and the scrutiny that comes with it. And I know that they would probably dig up all sorts of shit on me that like I just, you know, I wouldn't survive. (laughs) I would get beaten up every day. I would like ruin the reputation of the first family. But so there's that element of it where I don't I think playing the I was naive card. I wasn't a big fan of that. Now, the other part in the interview that really kind of struck me is they, her and Harry, both Meghan and Harry said that they left 
because of the lack of support from the royal family, which I understand. I understand their decision to leave. And I actually think it was a very big and bold decision of them to make that choice to leave the royal family. Now we're kind of seeing that they weren't necessarily asking to be cut out of the family, or I don't know if excommunicated is the appropriate term, but you can see that they still wanted to have an active role in it, which is when we had their statement that came out early 2020 of last year, I believe it was January. We saw their statement where they're like, we would love to still be part of the family. We would love to still fulfill some of our duties, but for our safety, we're kind of just, we're taking a step back. We need to, we need to take a step back. So it wasn't, and then there were all the stories that came out where they basically said that the queen was blindsided and they had no idea. But then you see, you get the context of the fact that Harry was trying to have these conversations for several months. So they did want out. They didn't want to completely abandon the family. Okay, I get it. And then when you bring in the Diana of it all and how she was scrutinized in the media, she ended up passing. You know, there are so many different elements of it where you understand there is an issue of safety. And then we get into Archie and the baby and how they didn't want to give Archie a title. They didn't want to provide Archie any sort of security, which is also kind of strange. They didn't want to give Megan any security, which is strange because they I understand Megan's marrying into this life. But at the same time, if Harry is part of the family and has security, then his family whether, you know, it's by marriage or by blood, anybody within his family now has to be taken care of as well. Like this is his, this is the offspring. I get it. You don't like Megan, but like this is his offspring. So to not provide any security, to even not even give a title or to kind of take that option away. Eh. And then that's when we kind of get into the racism of it all, which we'll, we'll di- dissect a lot of that because that changed my opinion and perspective a lot. Once you hear the claims that Megan brought up and then you hear Harry's side of it as well. That's where my opinion of that's where my empathy really kind of came in and felt for them. But the biggest piece that stood out to me, and this is where, you know, I feel like people are trying to be really understanding and have a lot of sympathy for them. Let's take out Archie and and the racism piece aside for a minute. I feel, I don't know if I feel more bad for Harry than I do for Megan because she did marry into it and she made that conscious choice, whereas at least for him, he was born into it. He didn't have as much of a choice and he ended up deciding to leave his family and walk away from all of that. That's got to be a really heavy and hard decision for him. Obviously, you know, his wife and her security and her safety and her sanity. Cause you see that she was trying, she was mentally not doing well and the Royal family didn't want to provide her any sort of support. And that's what they attributed their leaving to was support when it comes to, you know, her mental health. And then there's the security when it comes to the access and you see the press is beating her up and you see the side-by-side comparisons with her and Kate And her and Kate definitely got two very different elements of scrutiny. And I think this is where the racism piece ties into it, because racism came up in two different ways within this interview. And that's from the actual palace, from the royal family. And the other one, which is, I think, the bigger issue is the racism that comes from the public and that comes from the media. And then when you see how close of a relationship the royal, the palace has with the press, you start, it starts to get a little more, the, the waters start to get a little more murky and it's not as crystal clear because you could see that 
they could have intervened and they kind of could have tamed the media to an extent or at least shut down some of the rumors like Megan making Kate cry. And now we're seeing that Kate actually made Megan cry. But I think the bigger piece is there is a, I mean, similar to like what we've experienced here in America, similar, not the same, similar, um, in the sense that the racism we see today isn't so quote unquote black and white for lack of a better term. We don't have, you know, black and white restrooms. We don't have black and white drinking fountains. The racism we see now is a lot more subtle. There's a lot more of an undertone to it and we want to dismiss it or disguise it. And I've always been very specific on this show and I've always tried to make an effort of saying that we need to be very mindful of true racism and then bringing in a lot of these other smaller infractions that can be an element of racism. But when we hold it to the same standard, we start to, in my opinion, dilute what, you know, true racism is. And I'm look, I'm only speaking from my own experience as a person of color, as someone who grew up in a Hispanic community. You know, when I was growing up, I very much had very strong Hispanic elements. I had very tan skin. My hair was really dark and thick. So I understand what it's like to grow up as a person of color in a community that isn't wealthy and to kind of see the polarization of the different, um, you know, diversity here in Los Angeles. I can only speak for my own experience. I can't speak for everyone else. But at least for me, I think we need to be mindful of how we use the term racism, because then we have people that do little things or that can do things that we can teach them lessons through that we hold to such a strong standard. And then that's where we get into the whole cancel culture. And then you have people mostly like people on the white supremacist side that are like, oh, yeah, racism isn't real. You're just, you know, you're exaggerating it. And there are elements of that. And I think that's where we have to be careful because we don't want to dilute the argument altogether. We don't want to diminish what real racism and what people experience that racism and that prejudice are actually feeling. And and we don't want to dilute their experience because that's very real. And if if we're going to be able to move through this and to learn through this, especially such a polarized year like 2020, we need to really make sure we understand it. And that's where I think a lot of the listening and, and, and moving forward comes from. And I know there are a lot of people that are like, oh, racism wasn't really an element when it comes to Meghan and Harry. But you can see it in the differences between Kate and Meghan and the way Kate was really praised in the media and, and you know, uplifted in the media compared to Megan, who is really beaten up in the press all the time. And again, that's an element of fame. And that's where, you know, I understand where Bethany was coming from and saying that, like, you signed up for this life. You chose, as a woman of color, you also chose to put yourself in a public platform. That doesn't make it right. I'm not excusing it. But at the same time, I don't fully subscribe to the idea of her just being too naive to know what she was signing up for. I'll give her a little bit of a hall pass there. But again, you you did choose this life and you have to own that. You have to say, you know what? I chose this life. I realized that this life was a lot more than I expected. And then I decided I just couldn't do it anymore. And I didn't want to do it anymore. And we want it out. Here's where it gets a little trickier is that towards the end of the interview, her and Harry said, if we had the support, we'd still be there. So if they, you know, supported her mental health a little bit more, if they provided security for Archie and Megan, they would still be there, which makes me rethink, well, then 
that means you were okay with the press kind of dragging you because you knew what you were signing up for. And, and that doesn't seem to be an issue. You just needed support for your mental health or you just wanted some security. You wanted a bit of a break, which are all totally understandable. And I think this is where the palace was completely unreasonable. And this is where I think their um, discrimination towards Megan, you know, obviously I think they're going to come out and say that race wasn't a part of that. And I, again, I think racism is so deeply embedded into the fabric of just the world's culture um, that I don't even think they realize their role in that necessarily. I think they're just like, oh, we didn't like Megan because she was American, which is also a little racist. Um, we didn't like Megan because she was an actress. Like they can have a list of, of reasons as to why they didn't like Megan. But I think it would be completely ignorant to say that race wasn't a piece of that. You know, especially considering like this, the family has been very white. It's a very white, affluent family, very porcelain skin, which is where your your gut and your heart kind of hurt when you start to hear how they were having questions. They were having conversations with Harry about the color of Archie's skin and what would what that would look like. Obviously, he didn't want to get into detail and she kind of got into detail. And you can tell he begrudgingly had to kind of engage in that conversation because she brought it up prior to him coming into the interview. But you can tell that that obviously was an element. And like I said, I don't anticipate the white, the sorry, I almost said the White House. I don't anticipate the palace coming out and, and completely owning that and saying, you know what, racism was a, a, a piece of it. I don't think they'll own that. I think they're not good at owning things. Um but it, it's very clear that racism was a part of it. And I understand their decision to leave because had I been in a situation where I felt my safety and security wasn't met and my child, I think that would have been the biggest thing. Like if I signed up for that life, I agreed to sign up for all of those things. But when you come, when you turn your back on my child, that's when I think I'm going to fight a little harder. And this is where, again, I don't fully feel bad for them. I understand it. I have empathy for them. I couldn't even imagine the pain Megan must have felt when the conversations about Archie were brought up. Um, however, you know, it is. And then you see them coming to America and making all of these deals and doing interviews. And so it's like you didn't necessarily I guess I understand it a little better because it's not like they were necessarily running from the fame and the scrutiny which is why I think you can't really give them a pass with that because they knew what they were signing up for and then they moved to America and continued to be very public figures and you know you can't this is where I, I, I have to say it. like Bethany saying you can't play smart and stupid at the same time like I think if there was a little more saying, you know, if there was a little more accountability and ownership of them deciding to choose this public life even still, you know, I, I get it. Now they kind of have to be celebrities in a sense because, one, they're very affluent and they have to find a way to make money if they're not getting paid through the palace. So my biggest takeaways were I feel for them. I understand their decision. Um I don't fully buy the naive card that Megan threw out there. You know, she compared meeting the queen to being like meeting a celebrity and she's met many celebrities. So I, which I mean, it's also like, you're not just meeting Adele, you know, you're not meeting Adele, you're meeting the queen. Just the same as there's a difference between meeting Miley Cyrus and meeting the president of the United States. Like there's just, it's different 
and you there's a different level of respect. There's a different level of pressure. There's a different level of scrutiny that you have within the country or the commune or, you know, so I don't that's the only part that I don't fully subscribe to is that she was just completely naive. I think part of it was she wanted this life. You know, she said like, oh, I walked away from my career I don't think her career was that popping. I think she wanted this life. I think she chose this life. She obviously was scrutinized to a different level. I think she probably saw Kate and was like, well, Kate's doing it. It seems to be the pressure seems to be fine with her. But there was just a different level of scrutiny. And that's where I think racism did play a role, primarily in the media, primarily in the public. And I think the palace won't admit it, but I think there was an element of it with them as well. And it was... It was probably just the fact that like things were changing. This was new. This was uncomfortable for them to now have a person of color, to have an offspring of color come into the family. It's new. It's different. And in a family like that, that's very traditional. I think they were uncomfortable with it. And therefore, they didn't want to support her. And now I understand why they made the decision to leave. I hope that made sense. Um, Bethany ended up apologizing. She said that she... um, was sorry here. I'll just actually read you her tweet. She said, I finally watched the Mary, the Megan and Harry sit down. Emotional distress and racism must feel suffocating and powerless. I'm a polarizing, unfiltered, often to a fault, flawed person with a voice. When I heard when I heard of the interview during a pandemic, it felt like a surprising choice. I'm sorry if it hurt or offended you. I get it. It was, you know, I can only imagine what they've gone through. I understand Harry wanting to side with his wife and wanting to protect her and not wanting what happened to his mother to happen to his wife. I don't understand how the palace didn't encourage or support his decision or why they would even, I mean, I understand why they've revoked everything from him now. I mean, he's going around and He's basically exposing the palace. They both are. They're exposing the palace. They left. I understand why the family is turning their backs on them. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But hopefully now that they're here in America, they can find some peace. They can find some sort of closure and hopefully some mending. You know, obviously when there's a rift in the family, it takes time. This is still very new. I mean, they've, they were only together for two years prior to making the exit. So it's now been three years total. It's going to take a minute. It's going to take some time. But I'm hoping, I think it was really good of them to come forward because now they're just unveiling everything that's been hiding behind closed doors. And I think it's going to change the culture of how things are done. And it's going to change how the palace operates. It has to change how the palace operates. I don't think the public will be on their side very much longer. And I think they need the public on their side. So in order to to continue ruling. Um, But yeah, that's what I have to say. That's what I think about that. Oof, Bethany, yikes. She is in some hot water and I understand it. I came to her defense and a lot of people came at me with a lot of different comments on Instagram. I had not watched the interview. It was my mother's birthday. As you guys know, after my grandmother's passing a few weeks ago and the burial last weekend, I've been spending a lot of time with my family. So I've spent the entire weekend with my mother. Today is her actual birthday. So I'll be going out with her again later on. But I didn't tune in and I had a lot. And those were my thoughts prior to coming, prior to watching the interview. I was very much on Bethany's side. I watched the interview. It changed my tone a little bit. I empathize for Megan. I have a lot of love that I am sending to her and to her family and to Harry and to their son and their new baby girl that's on the way. 
It's always a very exciting and happy time. So hopefully they can find some peace and closure here in America and we can, we'll, we'll see where it goes. All right, let's talk about, should we do Jen Shaw? Let's talk about Vanderpump Rules because that's a little quicker. So Tom Sandoval and Ariana are opened up and so did Peter, Peter Madrigal from Vanderpump Rules. They have spoken out, said that yes, the restaurants are open, but no, there haven't been any set days or schedules or anything in terms of filming. Nobody knows what's going on. Everything is still up in the air. The cast doesn't know. Everyone's kind of saying, oh, well, COVID, oh, well, COVID, but it's like, okay, well, we've been in COVID. Like we've been through this. You can't keep using that as an, as an excuse. And then it's like, oh, well, the pandemic shut down all the restaurants. Everything's closed. And it's like, well, now all the restaurants are open. And again, I always thought it would be a much more compelling story to one, see them go through their pregnancies and two, see the service world to see what it's like running a restaurant at a time like this to find out like I think that would have really humanized Lisa Vanderpump a lot more to see her be like okay we're struggling we need to make a decision to close Villa Blanca because you know it doesn't make sense for us to pay rent there anymore and it doesn't make sense for us to you know renew our lease if we can't even be open and to see kind of those conversations to see the servers because I mean that's that to me is reality when you see servers that are actors not fake actors on the reality show but like servers, like if you're trying to show us the life of the restaurant, show me the servers that are struggling right now because they don't know what to do. They're, show me how they're getting creative and how their relationships and the dynamic amongst them is changing as a result of this global pandemic, as a result of what's happening to the service industry here in Los Angeles. I mean, California is a hot mess right now. Los Angeles is a hot mess right now. And that's, that industry is so far broken. I live here in the heart of Dan downtown like I'm seeing it every day my heart goes out to all of them especially bartenders who that was their primary source of income and I you know nightlife is is effectively essentially dead here in Los Angeles so you know I want to see what that struggle looks like and how they're moving through that and how you know and obviously if we're going to keep the OG cast members then I want to see them pregnant and struggling and you know trying to make it through and trying to you know find their footing in this new chapter of their lives So I felt like it was a bit of a cop out for them to say, oh, it was just solely the pandemic and the restaurants being closed. Show me the restaurants opening and closing. Show me the struggle. Show me the financial hardship that are coming that are, you know, Lisa Vanderpump has been very outspoken against Governor Newsom. And I, I, I hear her, you know, I actually I was like, heck, yeah, Lisa, call him out. But I think. You know, I would have loved to have seen that. We still don't have any answers. Peter said the same thing on his Instagram that like there are no answers. We don't know what's happening with Vanderpump Rules. Like I said, my prediction is that they're going to bring it back in some way, shape or form. Um, From what I'm hearing, it's becoming now. It seems a little unoriginal and boring. I was looking forward to a Tom Tom spinoff or reboot of the show. But now it just looks like they're bringing the original cast members and just mixing in a couple of new people which doesn't sound much more exciting. I loved seeing Sheena's baby shower. I loved seeing all of them together and seeing the photos of them together. That was kind of fun and nostalgic. And I think because we have that attachment to the original cast members, I didn't care about seeing Charlie there. Um, I didn't care about seeing Raquel there, but seeing Sheena and Brittany and Kristen and Katie and all of them together like that, I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching that original crew and 
we'll see what happens. There's too much money in it and there's too much interest every time there's a, a an interview with one of them, every time there's an option to ask the question of what's going to happen, whether it's the cast or Andy Cohen, everybody jumps and wants to hear what their answer is. So there's too much interest. We have too much interest in what it's going to be and there's too much money behind it that they can't kill it all together. So it's going to come back in one way or another. Um when it sounds like it doesn't sound very exciting if they're just going to bring back the old cast members and just a couple of new faces, like another season of Real Housewives. I think reinvent, you know, do a reboot. Give us some sort of new reinvention, especially if you're just going to wait until restaurants open up again and you're going to show us server lives. Obviously, we know filming in Los Angeles isn't that big of an issue. If we did Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives of Orange County, both filmed here in Los Angeles, let me, I... I don't know what to say. And, we, and Lisa Vanderpump filmed her sh- her new show on E! Um, Overserved. So I don't know, Bravo. I don't know what you're doing with that. But we're going to watch the premiere. You know we are. And you're betting on it. So let's talk about Jen Shaw. What a crazy video that is going all over Twitter where she's basically yelling at her, at her staffs. Uh, primarily... She's yelling at Koa Johnson, who's a designer. You hear her yelling at her team. And then Koa is what is the designer that I guess has been helping her put together some of her looks. I believe Koa was also helping her put together looks for the reunion. And so in the video that is leaked on Twitter, Jen is just going off. She's cursing at them. She's threatening to beat them. It's a very, dare I say, aggressive video. Um, her behavior was, dare I say, very aggressive. Um, and I just, I think you have to own that, Jen Shaw. You are not a very warm or welcoming person. I think you won us over, and there was a lot of redemption at the reunion because there was a lot of accountability. You said sorry. You had a softer tone. Um, but, I mean, you could, she's a very volatile person, and that is based off of her actions. That's based off of the way she behaved at her husband's party, at Coach Shaw's party. It's the way she behaved when they went to the spa and she was she splashed waters at the camera crew. Um, it's the way we saw her behave in this video. Like, she is a volatile person. This is based off of her behavior. And if she doesn't like that narrative around a person of color, then... I'm not saying, you know, be a good little girl and, and and stay in your lane. But at the same time, it's like, like for me, I know as a person of color, as a gay man, you know, coming from two minority groups, I know when I'm contributing to stereotypes and I know when I, you know, want to break certain molds. You know, I don't like playing the GBF. I don't like being the gay best friend. I don't like being, I don't you know, own heels or wear wigs or how ha- I'm not as overly flamboyant as a lot of other, you know, gay men are. That's not to say that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not natural for me. It's not something like, you know, I'm very quote unquote gay in other ways. Obviously I suck dick, but like, I'm just saying that there are certain stereotypes about specific minorities that you can contribute to or you can change the narrative and be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to, you know, participate in this. I'm not going to engage in this behavior. If that's you and it's natural to who you are, okay, fine. But then you can't be upset when people call you out for that behavior. And I think when we've seen on camera how awful you've been to your friends, like, I don't know, that doesn't. Mary's not behaving that way. And, and, you know, she, 
I just think Jen Shaw has a double standard when it comes to her friendships. She has a double standard when it comes to the way people judge her or the way people receive her. And I don't think she does anything to to dispute that. And the video is very abundantly clear that she is abusive towards like this isn't, you know, subtle abuse or, you know, it's very blatant. She's screaming at them. She's cussing at them. She's telling Koa that she's threatening to not wear um, to not wear the designs at the reunion as a result of it. And it's just, it's ugly. And then I believe Koa even came out and was like, hold up, wait a minute. I have some things to say about Miss Jen Shaw and I'll read you some of the things. Um, so apparently this is what was posted on Instagram. I don't know who released the audio. I don't know if I believe you don't know who released the audio, but okay. But I'm glad they did because now I now I feel like I can finally speak about my experience. I've been protecting this woman for way too long. Let's state the facts. I was brought to Utah to design custom couture and gowns for Jen Shaw. In the 10 months I spent working, I've been verbally assaulted. I had to work all hours through the night, mostly unpaid. I had to tiptoe around a hostile work environment in an attempt to preserve my mental health and well-being. The last payment that I received from my previous employer was in September, even though I continued working through January. Obviously, Jen Shaw is not a great employer. Um, obviously, there are a lot of issues. The video, I wasn't surprised when the video leaked. I feel very badly for this individual and for everything that he had to experience as a result of working with Jen Shaw. Obviously, Jen looked beautiful at the reunion. I, I don't know if that was an actual... Maybe it wasn't an actual design um, by Koa, Koa Johnson. But look, Jen Shaw, I don't, I didn't really love her at the beginning of. I thought that she had the most star power at the beginning of Real House, uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I didn't necessarily love her. I didn't find any redeeming qualities about her until the reunion, where she kind of had a softer tone, took some accountability. My other issue with her behaving like this is it's not like she's, you know, Mariah Carey or Cher or some like big diva in the in the world of pop culture. Whereas you would understand, not that it makes it okay, not that it makes it acceptable, but you understand where they. have have a high level of fame and their behavior has been enabled for so long that you can understand how they got there. Not that it's right, but you can understand that there were steps that took them to that diva level. Jen Shaw was, is virtually unknown until her first season of Real Houses of Salt Lake City. So for me, for her to be behaving like this, I'm just like, what gives you the right to even think that you can talk to people like this? What makes you think that you're so important that you need to, uh, be so derogatory and degrade people like this. Like, who do you think you are to start? Like, what is happening here? Because you're not in touch with reality if you think that it's appropriate to speak to people this way or to treat people this way. It's not okay. And I think Jen Shaw needs to have a lot more accountability. I think she's having a real hard wake-up call where she's having to look herself in the mirror and be like, whoa, I need to like get my anger in check. And that's really what it is, is she has a really volatile anger issue. And maybe that's something she can seek help for. I don't know. It was a very intense video. If you haven't watched it yet, I recommend. I mean, a lot of Instagram accounts, Bravo accounts for on Instagram have posted it. You can watch it there or you can just search it on Twitter. I'm sure it's easy to find. So I don't I don't recommend working for Jen Shaw. That's all I'll say about that. 
All right. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can follow me at JustMindZach on all of the social medias. You can follow the show at No Filter with Jack. Zach, join our private Facebook group. Let me know what you thought of the Megan and Harry interview. Um, I thought Harry looked hot. I'll tell you that. Let me know what you thought of the Megan and Harry interview. Let me know what you thought about Bethany. What, let me know what you think about Bethany now that she's apologized. Um it wasn't the best apology. I'll just say that. But I mean, at least she apologized. Um, I haven't read all of the comments. Like I said, I spent the weekend with my mom. So I'll go through them. I'll start to respond to people. I kind of didn't want to get into that headspace of going through all of the comments until I at least saw the interview. Now I saw the interview. I've digested it. Now we're moving forward. Jen Shaw, let me know what you think about Jen. Let me know what you think about Vanderpump Rules. Are you excited for it coming back? Do you? What did you think about Sheena's baby shower pictures? Let me know what you think. Slide into my DMs at Just Plain Zach. Please give me a review on hashtag New Fields with Zach Peter on iTunes. Five stars because I love five stars. And yeah, lots of fun guests that will be coming up later this month. We're going to dive deeper into the Tom Girardi scandal. And um, yeah, let me know what you're obsessing about so we can talk about it on the show. And I will talk to you guys next week. Okay, bye.